hello, hello. We are back with Christopher from Radiant Fire Radio. I'm doing a joint show <laughs> sneakily with my wife, Catherine. This is part four of the War on Gender, the Gay Liberation. Y'all, when I'm telling you she dug out some deep stuff on this gay liberation movement, she dug out some deep stuff. You really need to pay attention to this because people don't know what has been going on behind the scenes for a very, very long time. And she gets, she exposes some darkness that has been there for a long time. And many people in the church don't know this. And I'll be honest with you, who wants to listen to this kind of stuff? It's perverse. It's sickening. It's disgusting. But in order for you to, to get the truth and to understand why they're doing what they're doing, you need to delve into the depths of this so that you can understand. I remember when my pastor started doing uh, teachings on helping people who are bound by sexual addiction. The things that we discovered that people are doing are so dark and so grotesque. But how do you help people get out of this? You don't become a part of it. You don't become a sex addict just to know what they do. But you learn from what other people have been through. And I remember when we did these series long ago, Steve Gallagher, Steve Gallagher was one of the ones who was on the forefront of this. And he was trying to help people being bound with sexual addictions. And he really did some in-depth studies. But also they have the Conquer series that's out for men and women. And they're trying to help people who are bound by sexual addictions and different lusts. And these teachings um, that they've done are helping people live free lives in Christ. So listen to this teaching that my wife did, beautiful as she is, she really, really got to the nugget of what's going on with this movement. Pay attention. Good evening, everyone. How's everybody doing? Thank you for joining me tonight. Um, I knew last week what this week's message was going to be about, but I did not know until I woke up this morning that um, this month is Gay Pride Month. Um, I found this to be extremely interesting given the fact that this week's message was going to be on the gay liberation. Um, last week I spoke to you about the sexual revolution and I was telling you that a few movements got started or came out of this, uh, sexual revolution. And last week we spoke about free love. And then the next, you know, topic would be on schedule, um, the gay liberation. So, I think that it's very interesting that um, I was not aware that this month, the month of June, which is crazy because in research last week when I was researching this, I was reading information and it did say um, something about the Stonewall riots. And this pertains to uh, riots, violent riots that took place in the month of June in New York City. And I finally put two and two together and was like, oh, 
Well, this must be why June is the month for the gay pride. So, we are still in our series, um, The War on Gender. And I was trying to tell you last week that I wanted to create a foundation of how we became to this or how we came to the place that we are in today as far as the world and how we have seen or we are seeing an increase in sexual immorality and how there is a big decrease in Christianity. Um, I mentioned to you all that I read an article that this gentleman said once a person is convinced that the Bible is uh, incorrect in regards to sexual immorality, um, they are convinced that the whole Bible is probably not real. And that statement has stayed with me over the last few weeks because I really firmly agree with this gentleman. The biggest arguments that you have is sexual immorality. And the people that I know that are tied to homosexual um, activities or sexual immorality, um, because sexual immorality doesn't need, doesn't only include um, homosexuality. It's, it's, it's really bigger than that. I think I also shared with you last week how um, the women were fighting um, to have their body be used for whatever they want, want it to be used for. And this is how the feminist group grew, where there was like, this is my body, I could do what I want. And I was telling you all how that's open to... Um, the door for real sexual immorality to to uh, be allowed in a woman's life, you know. Um, but, you know, this topic is so big. I have all of this stuff sitting in front of me and I'm just like, oh, I want to make sure I share with you all what is going on in regards to how this became about and where we are today. So, let's talk about this. The gay liberation is a movement, it's a social and political movement. Everything is political. Did y'all notice this? Like, this is where our laws are trying to be distorted because everything is political. As long as the government, the people in these positions have the uh, people's votes, they're willing to do and change and go beyond measures to keep that power, to keep that title, to keep that money in their pockets to serve the people. And I know many people are like, well, they're supposed to give people what they want. But we as a society have gotten so far away from the things of the Lord. Do, do, do y'all know that phrase, you give a little and, and they'll take a whole mile? So like as I was going through this, I was thinking about how there's nothing new under the sun. Let me say that first. There's nothing new under the sun, but the increase 
of sexual immorality is at the greatest level ever. And it's because way back here, people started to allow for certain things to come into society and to take the, the purity out. <laughs> I can't even get, it's so much going on right here, but the, the, the traditional way of living is pretty much like the nuclear family is pretty much becoming uncommon to the point where the modern movement is two men and a baby, uh, two women and children. It's, it's, it's so far off. And many people may say, well, who are you to say that tradition was right? Um, God, God said it, he created it. We went through this lad, what, two weeks ago, God created the perfect plan. And I told you all that many people are fighting, throwing their fist up to God saying, I don't want what God created for mankind. I want to do things my way. I told you all that we're living in the last days. In the last days, the good Bible, because the Bible don't lie. The good Bible says, and it's, and it's coming to pass, that people are lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure, and they will not follow a sound doctrine, meaning the word of God. If you don't believe me, look around. Look around. You will see how the Bible plays itself out. This is why I said so many different times through my ministry, many of you may not agree with Christianity, but you cannot disagree with what the Christian word, what the word of God says in regards to certain things that happen in this life. People pick and choose what they want to believe and follow, but the Bible covers every single thing so you will never be able to say that this is not what you believe to a certain degree i hope i didn't mess y'all up because you know you have everybody wants somebody to be nice and kind the bible talks about that everybody talks about how they want to be loved and everybody should be able to have peace the bible talks about that the bible this is what god wants too it only starts to get in a gray area when scriptures tell you you should not be a part of this because this is what's going to happen then it's like whoa whoa i agree with the bible on this but uh uh who's the who's the bible to tell me that I shouldn't do this. And this is where it gets funny. Because either you're going to believe the whole Bible. Or you're not. And that's why the gentleman said in his article. People become more convinced when they are convinced that. The sexual immorality part in the Bible. Is incorrect. So they don't even want to deal with the Bible at all. Forget that all of these other things played truth in their lives 
But when it comes to the sexual immorality, you're like, no, no, mm -mm, that's where I draw the line. You're not going to tell me what I'm what I'm supposed to be doing in my bedroom, in my own personal home, in my own personal space. The word of God is real and it's set up for us to return back to the father. The father does not want any one of his children who belong to him to go down below. And that sounds like I'm, I'm joking, but I'm dead serious. Like I have spoken to you all before and I told you that there's seeds of Satan and then there's seeds of of God. God already knows who belongs to him. And God gives grace and mercy to those who don't belong to him. I find this to be amazing because the grace of God and the mercy of God is real. And sometimes I wonder, well, God, what you waiting for? Why are you just taking these people out? But this is not who God is. This is not who he is. He has a his ways are not our ways. Let me just say that. His ways are not our ways. And many people may say, well, if you are a Christian, shouldn't you know the ways of God? Yes, to a certain degree, because I'm not God. And it's good that I don't know every move of God, because then what would I need God for? So God keeps us on our toes so that we can forever rely on him to get the wisdom, the knowledge, the strength, and all that we need from him. So I don't want to know everything. Bottom line, I don't understand God's ways sometimes. But I know he's real and I know he's true. And I know that the perfect plan that he created for mankind is for man and woman to be together. For them to thrive. For them to take authority and dominion over the land. For them to prosper, for them to be creative and um, use the wisdom and knowledge that he gave them. For them to um, feel like they're on cloud nine and just enjoy life. But because Eve fell into sin, all of that changed. And, you know, many people will say, well, Eve fell into sin, but God addressed uh, Adam. He did. Because Adam was the first man that was created adam should have known not to listen to his wife so here we are in the last days talking about gay uh, liberation and how sexual immorality damage damages a soul this is how real it is y'all and this is super sensitive um this is a hot topic because I told y'all not too long ago, I had a Noah moment where it seems like it's a small group of people that want to live for righteousness and the world is getting darker and darker. So the majority of the people feel dark because they don't want to follow the ways of the Lord. And this could still be, you know, what's happening, but I believe God is going to be turning things around really soon. So. Let's get back to the gay liberation movement. The gay liberation movement is a social and a political movement of the late 1960s through the mid 1980s that urged 
lesbians and gay men to engage in radical direct action that that statement makes me nervous radical direct action that means violence um hands-on combat okay that's what that means and it says and to counter societal shame with gay pride gay pride what is gay pride gay pride or lgbt pride is the promotion of the self-affirmation dignity equality and increased visibility of lesbian gay bisexual and transgender people as a social group that is what gay pride is pride as opposed to shame and social stigma is the predominant outlook that bolsters most lgbt rights movements now pride has lent its name to lgbt themed organizations institutes foundations book titles periodicals and cable tv station and the pride library i read up on the pride library there is over six thousand books in a library i believe it's in new york i could be wrong but um this gentleman created this library back in 1997 i think and it's just pertaining to this type of behavior. It gives you a wide range of everything that is spoken about as far as homosexual, bisexual, lesbianism, like all of this, all, writers, all of these books, stories, poems, all that stuff is in this pride library. So, ranging from solemn to carnival is i don't even know what that is pride events are typically held during the lgbt pride month or some other period that commemorates a turning point in the country's lgbt history for example moscow pride in may for the anniversary of the russia's 1993 decriminalization of homosexuality some pride events include LGBT pride parades and marches, rallies, uh, community days, dance parties, and festivals. Com common symbols of pride include the rainbow flag, which I will be discussing shortly, and other pride flags. The lowercase Greek letter, which is something similar to, I can't really do it, that symbol. I don't know. Um, the pink triangle, the pink triangle was interesting because I was just reading up on this. This pink triangle came from Germany and it's around the era where the Nazis were being held captive. Um, not the Nazis were being held captive, but the Germany people around the Nazi times of maybe Hitler um, they created these pink triangles to put on men who were homosexuals and they actually separated them from uh, regular citizens and they kind of shamed them 
and did whatever they wanted to do with them. Um, but that is a symbol for um, of pride. And the black triangle is another symbol. These latter two reclaimed from use of badges of shame in Nazi concentration camps. So let's talk about the rainbow flag because I'm starting to see this flag more and more and more and more. Like people are just coming out basically supporting this liberation, this um, movement, um, this, this pride that people carry. So um, it was an article that I found that I want to read to you. And it says, it's not uncommon to see rainbow flags flying outside of homes and bars, pinned to shirts and on the back of bumpers. All of the universal and proud proclamation that hashtag love is love. But who created the rainbow flag and why did it become a symbol of the LGBT community? The rainbow flag was created in 1978 by artist designer, Vietnam War veteran, and then drag performer Gilbert Baker. He was commissioned to create a flag by another gay icon, politician uh, Harvey Milk for San Francisco's annual Pride Parade. The decision to enlist Baker proved uh, serendipitous as the idea of a flag to represent the gay and lesbian community um, had occurred to him two years earlier. As Baker told the Museum of Modern Art during the 2015 interview, he had been inspired by the celebrations marking America's bicentennial in 1976, noting that the constant display of the stars and stripes made him realize the cultural need for a similar rallying sign for the gay community. And as a struggling drag performer who was accustomed to creating his own garments, he was well equipped to sew the soon-to-be iconic symbol. At the time, the most commonly used image for the Bergeronian gay rights movement was the pink triangle, which I explained to you earlier a symbol used by the Nazis to identify homosexuals. Using a symbol with such a dark and painful past was never an option for Baker. He instead opted to use a rainbow as his inspiration. Um, Being a Christian, I would be, and still am to a degree, I'm not going to lie, I will be super offended by seeing this flag. This is me being transparent. I love everybody, but I hate the sin. It's as simple as that. Because the enemy really tries to think that he is he has one up on God. And when I started to recognize that this flag was um symbolic for the LGBT Q community, um, I thought, what a slap in the face, devil. Because the rainbow is a promise from God that he will not leave man or destroy man like he did in uh, the days of Noah. So when I see a beautiful rainbow after it rains, 
I instantly think about the goodness of God. But when I see a flag rainbow or a rainbow flag flying in the air or on the back of somebody's car or people wearing the bracelets and all of that, I just wonder, devil, how could you? How could you? When you are the one who's bringing these people into a place of deception, you have these people thinking that they are living life, enjoying life, having fun, have no cares in the world when you know, because you used to be in heaven, you know daggone well that this is not of God. But yet you have convinced more than half of the world that it's okay. How dare you? That's how I feel about it. I want to talk to you about this flag because you will start to see what this flag is not. The different colors within the flag were meant to represent togetherness. I understood that. This is the this is the article that I'm reading. This is what it says. Since the LGBT people come in all races, ages, and genders, and rainbows are both natural and beautiful. They are. They are absolutely supernatural. Like absolutely beautiful. And this was this is what gets me upset. Now listen to this. The original flag featured eight colors, each having a different meaning. At the top was hot pink, which represented sex, red for life, orange for healing, yellow signifying sunlight, green for nature, turquoise to represent art, indigo for harmony and finally violet at the bottom for spirit let me let me let me let me go back and read to you one more time what these colors represent and i'm gonna make a statement about this the very first color at the top was hot pink and it represented sex The second color was red, and that represented life. Mm. Makes me think about the blood of Jesus, but we'll get, I'm going to get over this. Orange for healing, yellow signifying sunlight. Um, Green for nature, turquoise to represent art, indigo for harmony, and finally violet at the bottom for spirit. Not one of these colors represents love. Not one. First thing was about sex, which made me think of the perversion that is being drawn from one person to another. This was the original meaning from the rainbow flag. So, 
The article continues on to say, with the help of close to 30 volunteers working in the attic of the Gay Community Center in San Francisco, Baker was able to construct the first draft of now world-renowned of the now world-renowned rainbow flag. It was first showcased at San Francisco's Gay Freedom Day Parade in June 20 on June 25, 1978. After the design was unveiled, participants in the parade proudly waved the new symbol in solidarity. Baker then took the design to Paramount Flag Company, which sold a version of the flag without hot pink or turquoise. They took out the sex symbol, okay, the sex meaning, and they took out the turquoise, which was a representative art, which were replaced with blue for practicality purposes. After the assassination of Harvey Milk on November uh, 27, 1978, demand for the rainbow banner only increased. Popularity spiked again a decade later when the West Hollywood resident sued his landlord over the right to hang his flag outside of his residence. In the years since, the rainbow flag has only grown in popularity and is now seen around the globe as a positive representation of the LGBT community. A mile-long version of the flag was created to celebrate the 25th anniversaries of two landmark events, the Stonewall Riots and Baker's creation of the flag itself. Baker died on March 31st. 2017 at the age of 65 just two years after the legalization of same-sex marriage throughout the u.s his legacy lives on in his six colored flag that flies proudly every gay pride month recognizing the lives and loves of the lgbt people worldwide There was another article that I wanted to read to you, but I will save that for next week because we are out of time. What I want to share with you is this. People who are a part of this community, they are loved by God. But it doesn't mean that God approves of what they have allowed to come into their lives. God is not going to change his standard because man does not want to go by his standard. Scripture tells us that God does not change. Scripture tells us that Jesus is the same as yesterday, today, and forever. So, at the end of the day, God is still on the throne. He still rules and he reigns. He still sees all things. And does he not weep over the people who belong to him? Does he not want better for them because he sees that they have fell into the trap and the snare of the enemy? Absolutely. 
But here's your free will that I've been telling you about for years. You have a free will and God will not go against your free will. He is not a God to force you to follow him. He gives you an option. He shows you his love. He allows for you to have grace and mercy. He gives us amnesty. He gives us life, everything that we need in hopes that one day we will see him for who he is, who is a loving, faithful father. God spoke a couple years back and said that he was going to touch the community of the LGBTQ. And since then, it has been a lot of people that have come out to give their testimony and they are really loving the Lord. And they're going back to that community, standing up in the public saying, hey, hey, I understand how you feel. I understand because you were rejected. I understand that you were drawn to this. I understand that you was on drugs and your mother and your father did this and you were molested and raped and all of this stuff happened. But God, but God, God came and rescued me. And I'm telling you, these people are so liberated. I keep telling you, you want to talk about liberation You're not free until you really understand what freedom is. And it's all by God. It's all through God. So since this morning, I found out that this is the Gay Pride Month. um, I will continue to share until God tells me not to about this this topic, um, homosexuality. You know, we're still in the gender um, series, the war on gender series, but this is just a part of it. Um, There's an article that I was going to read to you tonight about why do gay men have an increased risk of HIV? But I can't share that with you right now because I'm out of time. I'll save this for next week. So... Does God love his people? Yes. Does he want better? Yes. Is he willing to touch his people to show them true freedom and true love and and all of the wonderful stuff that he wants to, to give? Absolutely. But the people have to be willing to work with him. So there is freedom. There's truth. Um, You just have to desire it. So... We'll be back for more next week on the war on gender. Again, I'm just trying to set a foundation um, about how we as uh, the world have gotten to the place where we are. Now, I said we the world. I'm not necessarily in the world. I'm just trying to give you a understanding of, you know, what's happening right now with the people on this earth. Scriptures already said it, y'all. The Bible is real. We shouldn't be shocked about anything that we hear, but we are because that's life. We want more. We want better for people. So I'll see you next week for more Daughters of the King. Bye-bye. Okay, that concludes the message for today.
the war on gender part four dealing with the gay revelation gay liberation and this was episode 18 of daughters of the king by my lovely wife you be blessed We're committed to excellence and truth as we conduct spiritual overwatch for your soul. We're committed to bringing the whole gospel to you. Simple truths, given with intellectual integrity, far better than Fox News and CNN combined. Please feel free to contact us with questions, comments, concerns at ChristopherRadiantFire.org. Like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Amazon, Pandora, iHeartRadio and more. Until next time. That was your Overwatch, Einstein. You can thank him later.